Dustin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, Maurice? How are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back for yes. another week. How you been? I'm doing really good. I'm having a really nice week. It's been um, a lovely, lovely day. Uh, we're doing a little recording um, off of our regular schedule to accommodate some travel that I'm doing for my birthday. Mm-hmm. But I'm good. I'm good. Do you want to say where you're going? Um, I'm going somewhere tropical and warm. <laughs> Gaze over COVID. Be on the lookout. <laughs> Listen, I'm outing myself, okay? I don't want to see me on Gaze Over Code. Is that still a thing? Yes. I think it's lost some steam, though. Yeah, yeah. Because there hasn't been, like, a boat capsizing or anything. Right. Or, like, a rave or a circuit party. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not a circuit party anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I'm going, you know, going to celebrate my birthday with my men's. But, no, I'm doing good. I always get the birthday blues around this time of year. Mm -hmm. Um. And I, I did have them kind of like Friday and Saturday. But Saturday, the weather was so gorgeous. It was, yeah. It was like spring has sprung. The air was fresh. I was riding around with my sunroof all the way open, blasting Mariah Carey all day. Again, um, you did that last week, too. Well, it's in preparation. You know, it's in preparation. It's it's very much, it's, you know. It's I mean, season. it is Divas Week. It is Diva's week. Mariah's birthday was, or anniversary, I'm sorry, was on Saturday. So yes. that's appropriate. It's appropriate. It's apropos, right? To play yeah. an lasting Mariah. Yeah. But that was nice, you know. And then on Saturday, my whole family came over and it was like nice that we could all like gather and eat outside, like, and just talk. And you know, there's those times when it's just like, you're just happy and grateful and appreciative of what you have in that moment. You ever have those moments where like, I see my nieces and nephews running around and playing and laughing and my sisters and my grandparents and my boyfriend talking and everyone just kind of just being, and it's a simple moment, but like you just smile inside and you just kind of like take it all in and just feel really like appreciative and grateful. Like those are the moments that you live for where it's just like, Nothing else in the world matters. All the death, all the oh. sadness, all the hurt, all the pain. But it's just like, it was just a beautiful moment. It was simple. It was just, you know, a simple family gathering, but it meant a lot to me. And it was just very nice because it was just, everybody was there and it was just full of love. And I really appreciate it. So I'm very optimistic today, unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very uncharacteristic. But that's a good thing, though. You know, I give you, I give you range. <laughs> I give, you, I give you versatility. Oh, <laughs> you okay? How was your weekend? You know, it was good. Um, I was enjoying Divas Week on social media. You know, it's do, do like, our listeners know what Divas Week is? Yeah, so Divas Week okay. is the end. It's like the last week in March where basically every diva was born. <laughs> during this week sans whitney except for whitney yes rest in peace but it's like um diana ross's birthday um, uh, i with shaka khan now um okay so shaka's she's birthday 23rd. so she's she kicks it off right and then um aretha franklin is i forget which specific the 25th day. the 25th then you have diana ross mariah carey 27. Um, Celine Dion's is somewhere in there. 
Um, Celine Dion is March 30th. Okay, so coming up. Yeah, but to uh, the 28th, you have Lady Gaga and Elton John. Uh, um, I wouldn't Elton put... Elton John's definitely a diva girl. Definitely. I wouldn't put Gaga <laughs> in there, though. I mean, but she's, she's an Aries. Just saying. Uh, but you yeah. can't be throwing out the diva title like that. And with the biggest diva of them all on the 31st. Yes. <laughs> you know, I actually know a lot of people with my birthday. Like, I know about 16 people that have my exact, not have my birthday. And, like, I know, like, four people that, like, we were born on the exact same day, same year. So, shout out That's to all the birthdays. I know my sister-in-law has your birthday. Shame. You're on the same birthday. My little brother is on the 28th. My cousin is on the 26th of March. Um, oh, wow. I think that's it. Big, big Aries energy. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was fine. So, like, something <laughs> happened. So, like, I got a text from uh, one of my friends. Actually, I wouldn't say he's a friend. We were friends in high No, I can't even say we were friends in high school. That's not Ooh. really accurate. <laughs> either because you know i'm very protective of the word friend and so um we went to high school together and it's like we couldn't be friends in high school because we were like in competition i guess because we it's were okay. yeah we were both the black kid we were both the <laughs> the black gay boy i was the smart one he was the popular one uh-huh. and so <laughs> you know it just Technically, we didn't have beef with each other. It's just that we was, we were always in competition for something, you know, whether it be like a scholarship or like a, you know, a role in an organization. So that kind of prevented us from like really being friends mm-hmm. in high school. And so uh, we kind of like became more friendly, I guess, after we graduated because, you know, that competition element was out of it. Right. And um but it, it was just like, you know how, like, we were talking about how there's just deep, just beef in, like, two different camps. And, like, it, it's never really the, the two people. It's, like, the people around them who have the beef. And then they create the drama. So I think it was a lot of that going on. It was very, like, Brandy versus Monica, Brittany versus Christina. <laughs> okay. Were you Brandy or Monica? I was more Monica because I kept it real. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, Megan versus Kate. It was very much that going on. But um, so anyway, he texts me out of the blue and he's like, I'm going to be in Philly tomorrow. And I was okay. like, bitch, have fun. <laughs> I didn't know that was like an invitation. Like, hey, let's meet up. Let's but, out. Yeah. Because, you know, this friend used to do that and he'd be like, I need a place to stay. And I'm like, oh, girl, good luck. There's plenty of hotels. <laughs> okay. And so, um, so yeah, I was like uh, a little caught off guard, like, you know, like what's the purpose of this text? So I was like, oh, what brings you to the city? So um, we kind of just caught up like via text. It wasn't like a, you know, let's meet up or let's hang out or anything like that. It's just like, a, hey, I'm in your city. Right. Or I'm going to be in your city. Let's um, just chit chat. Which I do appreciate. It's different because you guys are in. Close friends, I know what Trey you're talking about, but mm-hmm. you guys aren't. You said you don't use a friend word, but I do feel like if you are actual friends with someone, even if you're in their city for a different purpose, like I go to New York all the time, I can't see all my New York friends in one trip. 
So I like try to divide them by borough, but I do let people know in the borough, like, hey, I'm here, even if I, unless I'm just there for like a very, very specific purpose. But if I'm there socially, I do let them know because I'll never forget one time my feelings was hurt. My friend came up from Richmond. He knows who he is. Mm -hmm. I did not know he was in the city and I was at Taboo. (laughs) Yeah, you saw it out. And like we were like we were leaving taboo, and I was just talking to like my boyfriend and his friends about this friend, and literally as I'm leaving the taboo, he's sitting there, and my friend was like, "Is and my boyfriend's like, isn't that your friend?" And I was like, "Bitch, you didn't even tell me." He felt so bad. I was like, "He's like, I was up here to see other people." I'm like, "Yeah, but we really good friends." Like, I was just not. But it's, it is upsetting though, because like we were texting earlier that day, and I was like. <laughs> He was like, "Yeah, I was texting. I was texting on the train ride here. I was like, and that's the thing, (laughs) because to me, it's like there's preparation involved. There's like travel involved. Like at some point, you knew you were coming to that place, you know. And you know, the night before you're gonna get there. uh, Okay, that's still a little iffy, but like you're already there, or you're on your way there, and you don't mention you're coming, like girl." Right. You need to reevaluate you know, some things. Philly's a small city. Like, it's a big city, but it's also a small city. Like, there's only a handful of gay bars. If you're going to go to the gay bar, like, chances are you're going to see me. He's like, yeah, but you don't really be out like that. I'm like, you're correct. <laughs> but, but of course, the one time I went, I underestimated you, bitch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so did you end up hanging with said friend? Oh, uh, no. Oh, okay. You know, one... I'm not going out in the health situation the way it is. <laughs> and yeah, he was coming for a, a different purpose um, with a different, you know, set of friends or whatever. So it wasn't like there was an expectation for us to hang out. So that right. made it a bit um, less awkward. But um, right. yeah, if it was one of my, you know, one of my homegirls or, you know, my friend octagon like it would be playing well in advance like bitch i'm coming up on this day you know we're gonna do this this and this and even if they're not um you know gonna you know like stay over you know because like previously you know friends would be like i'm coming in town like oh bitch stay with me you know let's let's hang out um but yeah there would be like an itinerary set and i would get my folder together and we would you know do our thing right but yeah it was completely it was cool to catch up, but like, I'm glad it wasn't like a expectation for us to hang out. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's a cute little update. Let's get into what we're drinking on this gloomy morning. What are you drinking? So I was inspired by our conversation last week because you know last week I had my with co cocktail um, drink. It was the blossom. Was the, no, a couple weeks ago I had the blossom. Um, and you were, we were talking about like the rose water and and uh, things like that. So I wanted to let you know if you you can buy it on Amazon or mm-hmm. you know the restaurant. Um, a lot of Middle Eastern places have it too. So if you remember the restaurant Goldie Falafel, yes. So they deliver, and so you can order the rose water on their website, and they'll be, like deliver it to you like the same day. Yeah, so I, order I, you. I, I, Last time I bought some was from the um the Lebanese restaurant over mm-hmm. in this time. What's it called? Soraya? No. Soraya. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um today I'm I'm having like a rose water elderflower um cocktail with some vodka. Oh, yeah. You know, it's real spring like. 
Yes, I love elderflower anything. So Saint Germain. Yes, that just sounds beautiful and lovely. I'm yes. having, um, you know, an appropriate drink of a mimosa. Over here drinking my mimosa on this Saturday morning, Sunday morning, child. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad because my mom. I was talking to my mom earlier, and she was like, "Ooh, y'all recording on a Sunday? Ooh, it's early. You gonna be drinking?" Mm-hmm. And at that point, I didn't lie to her because I was like, "Oh no, ma'am, it's too early for that." But then, <laughs> um, I realized I was like, "Oh, we're not gonna be recording until like after 11. That's brunch time, right? It is definitely brunch time, Mm-mm-mm. and very appropriate to to have a little little cocktail." You can change your mind. You can absolutely change your mind. If you need. But you cannot lie to your mama. No, so she's listening. No, because my mom, my mom is still asking me, what channel does the podcast come on? Oh, no. <laughs> she think you got a TV show. She think you a syndication, bitch. Uh-uh. What channel does the podcast come yeah, on? She's funny. Too damn funny. All right, y'all, well, let's get into these categories for this week. It's been a slow week. I feel like it's just, I don't know if I feel like it's just Groundhog's Day or it's like, you know, because we're going now into year two of COVID, but it's just been a slow week. And also we're recording a bit earlier. True. I also have a theory to our listeners. Usually we record on Monday, um, but without fail, there has been so many things happening in the years that we've been doing this podcast where like shit goes down on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, damn, we can't talk about it because it's already released, like recorded in the can and it releases on Wednesday. But shit goes down on a Tuesday. I really believe that. But anyway, the NAACP Image Awards, did you watch them? No. Okay. I caught a bit of them on last night they were. What was that guy? Anthony Anderson? Is that his name? Yeah, from Blackish. Yeah, he was the host. Um... What did you think about them? Do we need? Do we still need them? Of course, because we always have this conversation about how black art and black film, black music, black you know TV doesn't get the recognition that it deserves from other award shows, and so the NAACP <laughs> Image Awards is good to you know recognize your own and celebrate your own and you know our art our craft our existence our voices are valid and very much appreciated so you know i feel like this award is probably should mean a lot more to a person of Ooh. color than you know an emmy a grammy a, a oscar but right then again to their bank account an oscar means much more than an NAACP image award but it's an interesting concept, right? Because as Black people, we still work in this greater system of a white patriarchy. And everyone is kind of like aspiring to be as close in proximity to that white patriarchy as possible, right? That straight white patriarchy. Um, but it is weird because you're right. This should be the one that means the most. But, you know... Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Exactly. And I don't know if this, like, I guess this would be, like, a a sentimental award. Like, it means a lot. Like, I know I did watch the acceptance speech for, like, I think, best 
male actor in a show, and it went to my boyfriend, um, Reggae Jean-Paul. No. Is that his name? No. I always think it's Jean-Pierre for some reason, but it's, but you're, is it Paige or Paul? Paige. Okay. (laughs) Paige. It's it's Jean-Page. I said Jean-Paul. It's like, it's like, Jean-Paul. Okay, but you know what I'm saying. Yes, Jean-Paul. Jean-Paul. No, but he, he just, he's such a cutie. He's just, I could look at him all day. Um, did you see him on Saturday Night Live? I did. I watched, okay. I liked his Saturday Night Live. But he, look, he looked good last night. But I don't know what was up with his speech. Like, he did say something to the fact that, you know, this award means so much because it comes from Black people and this community and recognizing his work and that Black people are brilliant and loyal and glamorous and amazing and strong and... I got all that, mm-hmm. but I felt like his speech was so rushed because he was like, you know, appearing via Zoom, and <laughs> they were like, "Girl, you got thirty seconds to accept the award," and it was out. But I mean, it is, it is a nice event. It's a nice event. I think it's important. And who else were some of the winners? Do you know? Well, um, so Chadwick Boseman won Best Actor. For um, actor in a motion picture, I believe he won something else too. Uh huh. Oh, um, best supporting actor in a motion picture for *Defy Blood*. So best actor was for Ma Rainey's *Black Black Bottom*, okay. and then best supporting actor was um, for *Defy Bloods*, both on Netflix. Nice. Um, Aunt Viola won best actress in a motion picture for Ma Rainey's *Black Bottom*. Um, uh, huh? Not Andre Day. She wasn't even nominated. Ooh, 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 shade. They need her present, though. He was presenting right with Cynthia Erivo. I don't know what Cynthia Erivo had on, child. She had on, like, a yeah. dress with, like, a nude panty underneath. Yeah, I didn't know what, what that was about. I mean, her sexuality ain't none of my business, but she gives me, like, hardcore lesbian. Ooh. I mean, and that's great. That's great. It's wonderful. But yeah, I mean, she does. She maybe does. she's on her Queen Latifah. And that, you <laughs> know what, she, she has that right. Queen Latifah, never mind. I'm not even... <laughs> what? She got a new show on CBS, I believe, called The Enforcer, or The oh. Somebody. But What does she enforce it? The law. Oh, okay. She's like a something with. It's a. I don't know what it is. I have not seen it, but <laughs> apparently, it's very highly rated. Which, okay. um, girl, good for you. That's cute. Yeah. Um, D Nice, who's that DJ, was doing like all the quarantine club in the beginning. What yeah. of the year, which I thought was cute because it recognizes like the quarantine. Um, Tabitha Brown won personality, social personality of the year. You know, she's the vegan lady who like that, like so, huh? Like that, like so. Oh, is that what she my, says? She has like a little tagline. She's like, "But that's my business." Like that, like so, like so, like that. <laughs> Her voice is is creepy to me. Is it? Yeah, and then the way she one, she ain't got no eyebrows, and then. She the way she speaks is just very creepy, and she doesn't really blink, and like her eyes are kind of, it's I don't know it freaks me out so I can't get into Miss Tabitha, and I, then 
affect though. I think it's like I think her person her vegan mom personality is like a personality or a character that she plays. Um, I don't know, but then... Olivia is ter- ter- terrible with her own snatch game. Um, you don't watch Drag Race. Bro. I don't watch it. No, but like even when you see. Um... Aunt Tabitha cooking, like, girl, your knife cuts are not together. Oh, like, the way she be chopping skills, stuff. Her knife skills are scary. Horrible. Hold my breath, because she's going to cut her fingertips off the way she handles a knife. Right. It's actually scary. Yeah. And that's, a, that's another re- reason I can't watch it, because I'm just like, ooh, I'm just waiting for it to, like, whew. Yeah. I don't get all these people who are, like, self proclaimed like, cooks and can't even cut an onion properly. Mm-hmm. It's like, girl. The girl, you chopping peppers like that? Yeah. yeah. No, man. Where's your mise en place? But, but it's, just, it's just, it's, um, it is hopeful because it's like you can really just do anything you want to do, even if you don't have any skills. None. No knowledge. Yeah. That's inspiring. But anyway, that was cute. That was cute. But yeah, I don't really, I never really watched the NAACP Image Awards. It's funny that like you made it a category because I actually watched last night. Surprising, yeah, and I didn't watch, but okay. Um, other winners outstanding actress in a comedy went to Issa Rae for Insecure. Uh, yeah, Viola Davis also won for How to Get Away with Murder, Best Actress in a Drama Series Mm -hmm. for the final season. Um, Felicia Rashad won for Jingle Jangle, the movie on Netflix. Um, and then they had like, um, yeah, I'm like, girl, y'all beat the Oprah conversation. Like, come on, girl, image awards. I guess, Mm -mm. like, no, ma'am, but yeah, it's you know, it's good we're recognizing our own, and I do, um. I do appreciate that. Like versus one for um, outstanding variety show, yeah. which I mean, these show these the things that are getting you know nominated and awarded are like good for the culture because versus yeah. transformed you know this whole at home concert situation and you know millions and millions and millions of people are tuning in to like an Instagram live. Yeah, like who would have thought that? Yeah, it is cool. And I hope that, like, once, you know, if we ever get out of um, COVID, because numbers are plateauing at, like, a thousand deaths a day, which is still ridiculously mm-hmm. high. Um, but if we ever get out, I think it's a great concept to have these actual pe- artists tour. Because, you know, it, it was good for COVID, but there's nothing like a real live music experience with an actual vocal. Right. What I also kind of appreciate about the NAAC, ooh, NAACP Image Awards <laughs> is that it's also kind of wholesome. Like, I feel like it's something that like you can watch with the family yeah. and not have to worry about, you know, Megan the Stallion and Cardi B scissoring each other mm-hmm. if they're more conservative. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but it seems like the winners are wholesome. Even the shows that win are like really family based shows or educational things. It's not the most controversial or cutting edge in terms of like what it recognizes. Um, but it's just a nice wholesome program that recognizes work that I think is oftentimes overlooked. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Vibe Awards or the Source Awards, people getting shot. Right, right. Outside. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can, and I can appreciate that as well. Oh, RuPaul's Drag Race was nominated, but lost to Steve Harvey. Goddamn. 
That's well, okay. Yeah. Who has who has who has uh, Emmys? <laughs> People yeah. love them. Barbie. Rue ain't checking for no. How come um, Family Feud? It's always a white family and a black family. Not always. The majority of the time. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> is There's a reason why. Um, I don't want to speculate, but I, I think <laughs> there is a reason why. But you know, I mean, it yeah. is what it is. It is. Well, it good, is what good, it good is. Good to all the winners. Yeah. Awesome. All right, child. Well, let's hop into the next segment of the show. There's no more categories, right? It was a slow week. Oh, one more. Did you hear Beyonce oh. got robbed? No. Not, at, not at the award show, but they said that um, Mama had like two or three storage units <gasps> in like somewhere in LA, and baby, they got robbed. A million dollars worth of valuable. Hmm? What is Beyonce doing with storage in that? That was my question too. Like she just go down to like the the, the cube storage or um, <laughs> right. the odd place and she just stores all her like what her concert costume with with. I mean, I'm sure Beyonce has stuff in storage because she has like excess shit because she's wealthy. But I thought that like rich people like put their storage in other places. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. Because I'm like, girl, I know you ain't down at public storage. Right. I mean, she so probably got cool. a, she probably got a, you know, climate controlled unit, but still. Right. The, um, they said there was like handbags, um, pictures, gowns, outfits, clothes, personal items, like a lot of shit, a million dollars worth of shit, which, I mean, they probably exaggerated the price for the insurance, but. Sure. Wow, I did not hear about that. Look at you checking on the Beyonce news. Well, I'm glad everyone's safe and she wasn't robbed at like gunpoint or something. Oof. But that very much sounds like an inside job, though. No, it don't. Because if <laughs> you know, because people be living in them storage units, like for real. That is true. And especially, especially if it's the climate control ones, because those are indoors. I mean, uh-huh. you've seen, you've seen you on Netflix. He got dead bodies and like people <laughs> living in them things. What show on Netflix? You. I've never heard of that. I'm gonna have to watch it. It's about a storage. Um. So you you is about the stalker guy. It has the guy from from um Gossip Girl, and he is obsessed with this. He's like the stalker guy. He's obsessed with this. Um, series? Huh? Oh oh why oh yes 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 you're correct you you're right yeah. Mm-hmm. And like he would have them um, locked up in like this plexiglass box, and they would be in the storage unit. And I'm like, yes. nobody heard this guy in there, or he had that girl locked up, and he killed her at the end of season one. But I do remember, yeah. But people be living in those. <laughs> it was funny because my older brother, um, they have a storage unit. They're like moving, but um, uh-huh. he said that he was, you know, loading stuff in and out of the storage unit uh, over the weekend or over last week. And um, he's like, he believes people are like living out of there. And I was like, I can believe it. I can believe it. COVID. I mean, people aren't. I absolutely do believe it. You know, why live in a tent city when you can live in a storage unit, especially when they get hot? Okay. And it's only like $100 a month, you know, depending on the size of the one you get. And they got electricity, uh air conditioning. That's cheaper than rent. That's true. I mean, but it's like galvanized metal. I mean, I, I just closed my storage unit like a year ago 
in it's not a comfortable place, but it is shelter. It'll do. It'll do. Listen, if you're on hard times and it's either that or on the street, shit. But it says in your lease agreement that you can't use it as a dwelling, but that's what it say, but they ain't got the best. <laughs> they ain't checking for it. I don't know. It still seems like an inside job to me. Because, like, if Beyonce just got her stuff down at the Cube Smart, you know, and it's probably, like, under her, under someone else's name. I'm sure it's not under Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles, Carter. She's not walking up in there herself, unloading or loading the storage unit. Maybe somebody on her team might have told somebody or leaked or had the key. Because, like, you have to even get buzzed in to the security, like, through the security or enter a code to get into the place. Most, like, my, my storage unit, and I'm sure... Mine's is a budget one. <laughs> it's like, then you have to like go to like your indoor one, which has another code. Then you have to like use your key. And there's cameras everywhere. Like it is secure. But then again, people don't cross Beyonce. Like Beyonce, like has the NDA of all NDAs. She will take your firstborn. Exactly. Never cross Beyonce. Yeah. So I don't know. That's why I don't think it was inside. Because if it was, then you might as well wrap it up. And your life's over. your career, your life is <laughs> over. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> yeah, but if you, you know, somebody down, you two units down, and you see, you've seen them because you're living out of there, and you've seen them wheeling, you know, all them Ivy Park <laughs> boxes. <laughs> like you know what's up. Wow, you know what's up. So yeah, she got got. A mess. A mess. Got to be more careful. Yes, you do, girl. All right. Well, let's hop over to the realness section. It's time for realness. Um, As you all know, we kind of do our quarterly reviews here at the podcast, and we get a little personal and just talk about our development and things that are going on and just a little check-in with each other for our Q1 review on 331. You want to start off, Maurice? Uh, yeah, sure. So it is we started this what last year when we kind of first went into lockdown and it was weird because we didn't really know how long it was going to last i think at that point we were like you know in a month or two we'll be back to normal but you know here we are a year later and still locked down i think that that year anniversary was messing with a lot of people because Uh you know a year is a it's a mile, it's a marker, you know? And so when people are like, oh, it's been a year and we're still on lockdown, right? And, you know, people are itching to like get out. And, you know, now we have the vaccine um, becoming more widely available. And then people are getting their stimmies and they just want to be out of the house. The weather's getting warmer um, again. And now people are, you know, feel, feeling, even we said we're feeling a bit more hopeful and energetic and you know ready to you know get quote unquote back to normal which i hate people saying um but like even um we'll we'll this year again, say what we'll, we'll never go back to normal we have to just create a new normal well this is the normal now right this is right. the normal and i i think people you know need to be a bit more accepting of the new reality uh that we're in and you know it won't be what it was like it might be some sense of that like i read um before we sat down to record that in spain they had a a concert like the first concert since covid and they had like five thousand people 
mm-hmm. in a space. I'm like, ooh, ooh. I get like, you know, weirded out by that. And then like even um like at work we're getting emails and they're like, you know, we're gonna return to the office one day. And I was like, um, y'all might be, but I'm not. And you know, like people on my team were just so excited by that. Like, oh my God, we get to finally go back to the office. And, you know, and I'm just like, I don't want to do that. You know, so, you know, I just feel like the first part of the year, you know, we were in like, we're inside, we're, you know, kind of limited by the weather. We kept having these crazy snowstorms. And, you know, I just think that the first, quarter of the year has been it's been exciting like we got our new president and you know he's making you know some things happen but i just feel like it's we just need to calm down and not be in such a rush to like to do do things the way we used to be yeah used to be doing them so you know i think on a personal um on a personal level i think things are are fine are great you know but i think once things do start to open back up and i think once it does start going back to you know taking steps back to where we used to be i think that's where my anxiety is going to start peaking sure because you know i'm thriving here at home <laughs> like i am enjoying it like there are days literally that i do not leave the house like, you know, I'm working from home, so, like, I get up and I'll, you know, cook my breakfast and do, you know, when I would work out and log on and do work and then, you know, take a break, make lunch, or, you know, just I'm just fine with doing that and staying inside and, like, getting my meals delivered and <laughs> my Martha Stewart box and things like that. It, it's, I enjoy that, but, yeah. you know, when you know, people are like just so ready to be outside and, you know, be, you know, and less than an arm's length away from the person at the next table at the restaurant. Like, nah, I don't miss any of that. Yeah. Like at all. But I understand people do. My boyfriend and I were like having coffee this morning and talking about like just the mental, emotional, like long-term impacts from this past Mm -hmm. year. And like you're like, you know, there's going to be some actual real PTSD. Like there's a certain subset of the community or the population that just wants to get back out there and forget it ever happened. Right. But then there's another segment of the population that this is going to really scar and they may have some trouble adjusting. Like, and I, it sounds like a bad analogy, but in the beginning of COVID, I kind of likened it to like the HIV epidemic, right? Uh-huh. There was lots of articles that, that likened COVID to that in terms of like, the resources, the not in terms of how it's commun- communicable, but just that there being a large scale pandemic versus epidemic, which have different definitions. But I likened it to that, like in terms of like measures you can do to prevent it, wearing masks, social distancing, mm-hmm. analogous to condoms, monogamy, I you know, so on and so forth. But you know Tim Gunn? Yeah. From Project from Runway. Project Runway, yeah. I remember he did an interview and he was like, he lost so many friends in the eighties. Like he was going to a funeral every week. Mm-hmm. Like gave him PTSD. And he's like, he hadn't had sex in decades after that. After yeah. he like lost his partner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's going to be some people after COVID who are like, still not going to go out. Exactly. If they say we got to go to work 
and come to the office every day, bitch, I'm going to quit for real. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. Because, right. you know, one, I've never been to the office. So, you know, I was hired virtually. I've worked remote since then. So I haven't met any of these people. And you can, you can tell, like, the older people or the people who are used to doing that are the ones who are, like, itching to get back. But there's... Uh... Work is very social for them. It's their friend yeah. groups, social outlet. Mm-hmm. It's a general thing, too. Yeah. But there's uh, three or four people on our team who've just never been to the office. And we were all started, you know, after COVID um, and the lockdown and working remotely 100%. And all of us are like, nah, we're not, we're not trying to do that. Because one girl, she lives in Brooklyn. And she's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not moving. I'm not, you know, going to commute every day. So. Exactly. And you can fully do what you need to do from home. So what's the purpose? We've been, yeah, we've been doing it the past year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, are you wrapped? Yeah. Okay. So my year in review, it's actually like, you know, my birthday and the first quarter. So it's, I, I kind of always do this automatically. I think most people probably think about their past year around their birthday. But um, my Q1 review, because this is just the first quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Um... The first quarter is good. I think that, you know, I got through like the stress and the heightenedness of the holidays because, you know, we got a lot of kids in our family now and it's like the holidays. It was the first holidays with my boyfriend. So like that was like, you know, you want it to be cute and special. And um, I think my first quarter review, I kind of set some like intentions, if you will, at the beginning of the year. Um, Financially, I think I'm being a little bit more structured in terms of like not only like Prior to that, prior to this quarter, it was like very heavy on savings. And now I'm like in a position where I can think a little bit more smarter about my money. So I've been doing a lot of um, reading and, you know, reading about NFTs and thinking about investments and how I can make my money work for me. So that's some growth that I've really seen myself commit to and actually put action behind this mm-hmm. first quarter. So I'm very proud of myself for that. Put that stimmy um, to work, bitch. Yes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Also, like the whole GameStop situation was kind of what precipitated me to think about it more. And that might sound silly to some, but it was right around that time, like mid January. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, that's kind of when I really got involved with that. I think that um, personally, like with from a career perspective, for the first time in a very long time, especially my professional career, career as attorney, I like where I work. I feel valued. I like the work that I do and I feel like I'm making a contribution and that, that doesn't pay your bills at the end of the day, but it is important to have that, that, that feeling. Like I used to work in, at, at, you know, jobs or firms where I like would have a full breakdown on the train or drive to work. Didn't want to go in the bathroom stall in the bathroom stall crying. Like Mm -hmm. that's not good for one's mental health. Like now I actually like, I'm happy to go to work and, excited and I'm not I don't dread opening my email like and what that does for one's mental health is amazing also like for my own business and my own law firm um things have really been ramping up lately and I don't know if that's just due to COVID um we're getting a lot of divorce stuff so I do think that is due to COVID (laughs) um but I think that I'm seeing growth with that because I did open my firm in February of last year and who would have known right that COVID was going to happen but it's nice to kind of see like after a year and a lot of failures and a lot of trial and tribulation that things are kind of starting to pick up. So that's exciting. Um, on a fitness level, I'm proud to say that I've lost like 
10 pounds in the past month because the end of February, I went to my best friend's wedding in Key West, which I talked about, and I just didn't like the way I felt or looked. Mainly, I didn't like the way my tuxedo fit. Mm. So I really Think bigger that. sizes, girl. Stop! You know I will not go up to a 36. Mm, my needs. <laughs> well, there's certain sizes, but no. But So like, I came back, and I was like really, really focused. Because I'm a person who, when I go to the gym, I'm like, well, I'll eat whatever I want. Um, and I really had to really focus on my eating. So this past quarter, well, really this past month, <laughs> I've been really like having a stricter diet, watching what I eat, making sure my macros are right. And I can say in the past month, I've lost like 10 pounds. And I have more energy. I feel lighter. I'm, and that's just from eating better and sticking with a consistent gym routine. Um, so, yeah, I think that I'm pretty proud of myself for this first quarter. You know, I hope that I can keep it up throughout the year. Um, things always get a little wild, you know, when the warmer months come in because you kind mm-hmm. of routine, you get a little more relaxed. Um, so we'll see. But I'm really proud of myself so far in Q1. Yes. All right. Now it's time. Are, are we all wrapped there for our realness? Our little check-in? Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's our check-in. Yay! All right, let's get to I said of what I said. So my my I said what I said for this week comes. um, I was having a conversation with one of my um, friend Octagon people, (laughs) and so we were just, you know, I have. She sent me a screenshot, and it kind of precipitated the conversation. So, Mm -hmm. um, not giving you know too much of the the conversation away, but she. Um, you know, it was in a sorority, and so one of her sorority, you know, they ha- you have like listservs and emails and like Facebook groups and like all kind of things when you're in um, these organizations. And so, uh, she <laughs> sent me a screenshot, and one of her sorors was asking for the most ridiculous piece of advice ever. Okay, and so mm-hmm. it was something to the effect of, like, "Hey, sorors." My kid is moving to, you know, insert the name of the city. Um, what's the best grocery store in this area? Like something asinine or ridiculous like that. And Google girl. Okay. Like that, <laughs> that was my thing. Like people just use, you know, the internet and their resources, their networks for like the most ridiculous information. Like for that kind of like that level of, um, advice or you know whatever like you don't need that you can just google it because you would spend far less time typing out this email sending it and then waiting for replies and you got to sift through the replies and then read all the stuff and then it was just like google works you could in a fraction of that time you know put in this person's address do um Put even put it in Google Maps basically, right. and or then just, like search for it, or just ride around the neighborhood. Okay, <laughs> like <laughs> that works too. Like whenever I moved to a new um, a new city, like my thing was like I want to get lost, right. and that's how you learn. You know the city and the ins and outs and the neighborhoods and like what's around this corner, what's on that corner, because, and you have to do that on your own. Like one, if you had a grown ass kid, why aren't they doing that shit on the, by themselves? Right. You know, my kid just graduated college. They're moving to this. Like, let them explore and learn and grow and adventure on their own. Like, I couldn't imagine asking my mom, 
hey, can you ask your <laughs> your sorors, your people I don't even know, mm-hmm. can they give you this information? One, I would, you know, if I were in that situation, I would have done it myself. Right. I wouldn't even thought to like, you know, ask this information or ask, you know, someone else to get this information for me. But I understand we live in this whole GoFundMe society and people will be like, um, who buying me lunch today? Here's my cash app. And people actually donate to that shit. Mm-hmm. I want a coffee. Who going to get it for me today? Right. I hate when people post it at their birthday, then they put their Venmo or their cash app up. Because that's, it's, it's, it's internet panhandling and you know how I feel about that. But the thing is, people will donate to that. And that is like a reinforcement of the behavior. And it's just like, no one has like the foresight or insight or whatever to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just so annoying to me. It was just like, just do it yourself. Right. If I wow. move to a new city and I don't know where the grocery store is, I'm going to do my own internet search. I'm going to walk around the neighborhood. I'm going to, I'm not going to stop and ask anybody because you might get shot here in Philly. I think think there's a a certain psychology behind the internet. And I also think it's changing and shaping the way that people interact or relate. And that post was not about her child having a grocery store. What that post was really about was about letting all her sorors know that, hey, my child's moving to this new city. That's Yeah, and that's what I told her. I said... I want to stunt on y'all. Mm-hmm. My child's XYZ city. What are y'all kids doing? That was yeah. just okay. It was not about yeah. the Yeah, and that's where the conversation got to. Because I was like, actually, <laughs> this bitch is trying to stunt on y'all. She's trying to say, my kid just graduated from this university. They got X job. They move into right. this city. They live in this neighborhood. This neighborhood. Exactly. That's all that was. Yeah. I was like, so that's what <laughs> it's like a humble brag right. to like the extreme, but. You know, like I'm gay. I see right through that shit. Okay, <laughs> you know how these gays do. Yeah, and I was like, okay, that's that's what that was about. But still, right. like you know, on every level, people still do it. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. what is in the neighborhood, who gonna buy me lunch, or just dumbass shit. So, right, just stop all that and do your do your own. Right. I hear that. Well, my said what I said actually um, is interrelated to the NAACP Image Awards, and they had an inaugural award, inaugural award last week or this week or the year rather for the social social <laughs> justice impact award. Yeah. And um, when you first hear that, you're like, "Great, that's wonderful!" You know, it's presented by um, forever First Lady Michelle Obama. It kind of seems like a very legitimate award and like, you know, you have a former first lady involved and we want social change and impact. And that's very, very necessary. But and I think that Stacey Abrams is very deserving because the work that she did on the ground with making sure to get citizens of Georgia registered and then actually out to vote changed the entire makeup of the Senate and the presidency and the things that are going to impact at least the next two years, right? Before we have another midterm. Well, I think we'll know they're both in for four, for, so four years. So I think the award in and of itself is a great idea, but it also well, brings me some worry because first of all, I think we have to look at the landscape of the internet and clout chasing. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a lot of social justice, justice people like the Sean Kings of the world. Uh, 
No like man. the like the Tamika Mowrys and that whole stunt she pulled at the Grammys. Mm. Um, a lot even, even like even like the Durays with that tired vest. Who are I feel like a lot of social media impact social justice warriors hashtag hashtag um, are out here clout chasing and another opportunity for them to get a prestigious award from this organization that's valued by our community which we give ourselves. It seems like it can get a little problematic and the antics as related to something as serious as these social justice and civil rights movements. Um, I just, it feels icky to award people for doing the best at fighting for change. You know, it just, it, it makes me kind of cringe because hopefully this is an award that we should need for like, you know, years and years to come. Hopefully, you know, we won't be needing to fight, but that's, highly unlikely this is america after all but to just be then like saying okay well these are the people who are fighting for justice and they should get this special award just doesn't really seem right to me like did martin luther king get an award did people prize well he did yeah (laughs) 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 but it's just like that comes with a million dollars but it's just there's lots of people who are nameless who are out here doing the work exactly go are they getting the award it just seems kind of it just doesn't sit well with me Um, It just feels very odd. And I think that we have to be careful about, you know, a lot of people even have problems with critiquing art, film, music, the Grammys, because they should say art is art and we shouldn't be awarding it or, you know, judging it in that matter because it can have value to individuals. Well, to me, social justice and and movements and impact for social change, it's not something we should be judging and awarding and critiquing on who's doing what and who's doing best. It just seems very cringeworthy. So I'm not like that Mm -hmm. idea at all. And I said what I said. Mm. Well, do you have a feeling about it? Um, I think of the people on the list, I do believe Stacey Abrams was the most deserving because, sure. you know, it does have larger ramifications, but them lawmakers in Georgia was like, bitch. But um, I do, I, I, I yeah, I can kind of agree that it's, kind of cringeworthy because you're not doing it for the award you're doing it for the impact and i don't but i don't think they were doing it because you know if you're doing a tv show or you're doing a movie or you're doing you know a song then i think you hope to get a grammy an oscar an emmy that's how they judge in that that industry in mm -hmm. that profession yeah you know but it's actually a title like Grammy Award winning, Oscar Award winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the mark yeah, of accomplishment. But, mm-hmm. but I don't think Stacey was doing it for that. She was doing it for a six piece at Chick fil A. Oh, but, stop. Uh... <laughs> well, you can't bring her no six piece while she's waiting online in Georgia now. Uh, the laws they enacted. It's a mess, uh, but that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day, child. Yeah. All right, well, let's get on to 10s, 10, 10s across the board. Who is your 10s this week? Yeah, that leads into my 10s for this week because I'm giving my 10s this week to Park Cannon. She is a lawmaker in Georgia, member of the Georgia House of Representatives, and she got arrested for yes. knocking, simply knocking on the door where um, Brian Kemp was signing that ridiculous voter law and voter act into law a bill or whatever it was um mm-hmm. so the georgia if you don't have been following but um following the georgia election where um joe biden 
flipped the State of Georgia blue, uh, Raphael Warnock and um, Ossoff. Is it Joe John? I can't remember. Ossoff won the Mm -hmm. Senate races. So completely a blue flip for Georgia um, Senate in the Senate and the presidency. Um, And then, you know, in large part to people of color in, you know, communities of color turning out the vote, early voting, um, mail-in voting, and, you know, giving Stacey Abrams and every other person who was out there to, you know, turn out the vote and, and, you know, enact um, the accessibility of voting for the, in the election. Um, and the Republican controlled um, legislature in Georgia said, we got to do something. And because we lost, we're going to try to restrict all of these communities from their access to voting. So they're limiting the number of um, like ballot drop boxes. They're restricting uh, mail-in voting. They're even saying that if you go to vote, and you know, in communities of color, there's always a line, like a long yeah. wait to vote, which is ridiculous, um, disproportionately. You know, in white neighborhoods, you can be in and out in like five minutes. But in the black neighborhoods, you're waiting for like two, three, four hours yep. um, to vote. And it'd be hot in Georgia, too, even in November. <laughs> but um, now they're saying you can't even bring food, water. I think they're saying you can't even bring a chair. Nope. It's like a criminal act to do any of those. And so um, when Brian Kent was signing this into law, he was behind closed doors. Because usually when they sign into law, it's like public and, you know, they can see everybody. But right. they were doing it behind closed doors, hush, hush, with a picture of a plantation. Um, painted in the background, and All she simply, yeah, mm-hmm. she simply knocked on the door, and they scooped Mama up real quick, put her in the back of that car. Mm-hmm. You would have thought that, like, you know, she was trying to bust down and storm the Capitol. Okay, <laughs> and then they they, they had a, a meme, and it was like knocking while black, and it yep. had a picture of her. And then knocking while white, and it had the picture all them white people storming the Capitol, and it was like mm-hmm. just the difference, you know. Yeah, exactly. And the the results of that, like she gets arrested, and none of them people got arrested. Well, very small um, amount of those people got arrested. But Tim, to you, Park, we gonna put some money on your on your book. Yeah. You know, so let us know. Is she out? I don't know. She's out. We can check. Care. We can get your bail oh. money together. GoFundMe. Can she do a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, right, but yeah. Tansu, you girl, you go get the Social Impact Award next year. I know that's right. Mm-mm-mm. Well, my tens is less um, serious and impactful, being as though this episode will drop on my uh, anniversary. I'm giving a tens to not only all divas during Divas Week, but to all the Aries. It is Aries season. We are a force to be reckoned with. Celebrate us. Um, our fire, our commitment, our intensity, our love, um, our our jokingness, our extraness. The world is just an amazing place. And your life is an amazing one if you have an Aries in it. So tens to all the Aries, my fellow brothers and sisters. I love y'all. All right. <laughs> also, tens for all the women out here making history. This is our last episode of Women's History Month. So tens to y'all tends to y'all all right guys be safe and enjoy your week we'll see you next week all right Bye. go watch the tina turner documentary i'm about to go downstairs and watch it okay. yeah i forgot to see that
<laughs> All right. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com. 